You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This week it is episode 96, and we are talking The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, and Oracle of Ages. Uh, this one's rolling. Two Oracle games in one episode. They're kind of a tag team. They're kind of joined at the hip. I don't know if you, how much you could talk about one without the other. So we'll be covering both of them today. You can never get enough Zelda. I know how much of you just absolutely adore that series. So does my guest this week, former Remember the Game Hall of Famer, Martholomew McHugh. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. You guys know I'm going to stroke my ego and blab before we get talking about Zelda. So uh, if you're not interested in that, look at the comments. You'll see the timestamp, blah, 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 blah. You guys know how it works at the 96 of these. Uh, first off, congratulations to the Super Nintendo Classic, Super Castlevania 4, which won this month's uh, Patreon poll. Beating out Medieval, which was its runner-up. I might try to cover both in the next couple months because a lot of you seem to really be interested in Medieval as well. Um, speaking of that, you guys, I got to talk about the Patreon for just 30 seconds. As you know, we had to get rid of our Patreon prize jaws. It's against the rules. We're not allowed to do it anymore. But I still have a Nintendo Switch Lite to give away. I've been posting pictures of it for episode 100. The draw will be open to all 
of our listeners, not just our Patreons. Details will be available uh, beginning on next week's episode as we lead up to episode 100 on June 10th. Uh, that said, I do still ask you, please consider our Patreon if you're enjoying the show. It's only two bucks a month, and you're going to get to vote for the games that we cover, which is why we're going to be talking about Super Castlevania 4. You get access to our second weekly show, uh, Remember the Game Expansion Pass, and I'll give you a shout-out on our show every month, just like I'm going to be doing for the following people right now. Thank you so much to Dave McGee, the cooler of the two Doug, Dave names, Doug Dorn. I've decided that sounds like a porno name. I like it even better now. Dustin L., which does not sound like a porno name. Evan Refuse, who just left the nicest comment on our Patreon page saying that this is like the most wholesome place on the internet. And that's really nice because the fucking internet is just a giant cesspool of crap and I fucking hate it. So, uh, well, I don't hate most. I hate most of it. I don't hate our little group. So thanks, Evan. To uh, Fake McHugh, you know exactly who you are. To Gary C., who has also left me some nice comments lately. James Clark. Also, that's a nice guy. You like the most boring name. I can't come up with. I can't come up with a funny thing to say about your name, James. I'm sorry. Jason Adams, which is an awesome last name. Jeffrey Mathis, longtime supporter of the show. Another longtime supporter and former prize winner, Joe Buck. Joe Gillespie, thank you so much. John Taylor, thank you for backing the show for as long as you have. And welcome aboard, Josh Morgan. If you want to shout out, just like all those people got, you can sign up Patreon.com/slash Remember the Game. Only $2. Um, and I think this week's expansion pass is going to be about GameStop and EB Games. I've been wanting to talk about them for a while. I'm going to lay into what I like, what I don't like. Uh, to be honest with you guys, I don't really told much any people this, but like years and years ago when I first got my first warehouse job and I hated it, I thought about opening a game store. It was something I really wanted to do because I've always been so passionate about games. Um, so I thought I'd share some of my ideas uh, for what I think they could do to try to fix the mess that they're in right now. I'm not a business analyst. I'm not a businessman. Just something that I thought about. So I think I'm going to talk about that on this Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass. So there's your Patreon plug. I won't talk about it anymore. Um, also, thanks to everybody that popped by my Twitch stream the other night. Uh, I tried streaming on Twitch for the first time. I did not know you could stream right from your Xbox One or PlayStation 4. I know. I'm old. Please throw your tomatoes at me now. I had no idea that it was that easy because I can't do it. With my classic consoles upstairs, our Wi-Fi sucks and my laptop up here also sucks. But downstairs next to the modem with my Xbox, it's a piece of cake. So um, I don't know if I'm going to do it that often. I don't know if it's for me. Entertaining to stream and do it in an entertaining fashion is an art. Uh, I'll be honest, like just like as a, being a comedian, it's not easy to get up in front of people and be entertaining. It's fucking hard. And trying to do it while you're trying to keep track of the comments, while you're trying to play the game and not completely suck and talk comfortably about the game... Shout out to everyone out there that Twitch streams and does it even remotely entertainingly because that's fucking hard. So I might try it a little more just when I feel like venting. I don't know if it's, you know, we'll see. Uh, it's like the Let's Plays, you know, I know some people enjoy them. I just, I suck and I just want to play my game, you know, but so I may show up there. You can follow us. It's twitch.tv slash member the game, just like our Twitter and Instagram. I'm over there once in a while and that's the thing. Uh, that's my that's my self-indulgent plugs. Let us get into the news. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Microsoft had their first inside Xbox digital presentation last week. They're going to be doing a bunch of them monthly leading up to the launch of the Xbox Series X. And people were really fucking mad about it. Uh, really mad. And I'm like really mad, at least as far as Reddit. Fuck Reddit such as. I don't know why I even go to that shitty place. But people were not pleased with that uh, showing. And I'm torn on it. Um, because on one hand, I think that people just have to complain online, particularly on Reddit. I think that's just, if you're not complaining uh, so much a month, you get kicked off the internet. So I think some people just whine for the sake of whining. Um, but on the other hand, 
and I had not paid a lot of attention to this going into the Inside Xbox presentation. Sounds like Microsoft promised gameplay and exclusives and stuff, and this was mostly just trailers that weren't gameplay and weren't even all exclusive to Xbox. Uh, so, I mean, I guess some people to a limited extent can be upset about that, but that said, like I enjoyed it and listen, it was the first event they're going to hold and it was free. It was completely free. Okay. So like just fucking relax. There's, you lost nothing by watching this present, like nothing by watching this presentation. And frankly, I thought all the games looked rad. I thought they all looked fun. I would like to play all of those. I just don't understand the negativity. Like, they have months to give you guys Halo Infinite and the new Gears games and and the potential Fable that's coming and the exclusives and gameplay and stuff like that. Like, it didn't cost you any money. Fucking relax. You know, like, it would have been different if it had, like, if to watch that presentation, it would have had to, if it was like a put down a non-refundable deposit on an Xbox Series X, then we'll show you the video. Then that'd be different. Then you got a right to be pissed off because it cost you money. But that was just a free video. You know what we did when we were kids? And I don't know why I'm ranting about this on the podcast, because most of you people listening are the same age as me and you're in the same boat as me. You were one of these kids. But when we were kids, you know how we got information on the upcoming video game systems? Magazines. We got still photos in magazines and we were grateful for those photos and we were grateful for whatever news we could get we didn't get digital presentations streamed to our fucking ipad that we could watch while we sit there waiting for our mom to make us bacon and pancakes i just feel like i don't know it's just a generational thing but i i don't know we used to i remember the nintendo 64 launch i remember looking at images of the ultra 64 uh, and the PlayStation with Final Fantasy 7 and stuff. And I remember looking at them in like game pros and shit and it was like the coolest thing. And now people get these 20 minute cutting edge presentations and they're like, ah, that wasn't even 60 frame per second gameplay from the Xbox Series X. That could... Fuck you. I'm excited. Bring on the next one. Bring on the next one. Let's keep it going. Speaking of next one and next gen, PlayStation uh, is rolling out PlayStation Studios with the PlayStation 5. And the games that are developed for the PS5, I, I assume like the exclusives and stuff that are being developed and published by Sony or whatever are going to be released under that header now. Um, and I don't know how necess- how much people necessarily care about what developer a game is released under. Like I very rarely even know the developer of a game or who's publishing it or whatever. Um, I don't even know if those are the right terms for this, but I do think it's a smart way to market the characters and the exclusive games and stuff that they have. Like if you go to like go anywhere, you can watch the trailer. It's only like 15 seconds long. And I really thought it was rad because one of the biggest strengths that I've talked about on here for weeks that Sony has is their insane exclusive lineup, right? And this little video in like 15 seconds features The Last of Us, Uncharted, Horizon, Little Big Planet, Ratchet and Clank, and God of War. And it's like, dude, in that 15 seconds, it's just like, hey, by the way, we have all these. And I think that's a really smart way to show off the games you can get on the PlayStation in a really quick, precise way. Xbox doesn't have the characters to do that right now. So I think that's a really smart move by PlayStation, just a way for them to show off the games that they have coming. I have no problem with that at all. I think it's a smart move. And uh, speaking of smart moves, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 are going to be remastered and and released in September. What? Like I, here's, so here's what happened. Okay. Today I did my show notes this morning with my coffee around nine o'clock and then I took my dog for a walk. And, uh, when I got back from our walk, which was like half an hour and when, she just looked at me cause she heard that word. But when we got back, uh, the internet was blowing up and apparently they had released news that they're releasing Tony Hawk pro skater one and two again. 
And I was like, what? I'm fucking glad I waited till this afternoon to record this because how the hell do you not talk about this? Like it, And to me, it makes complete sense to release this news right now in May before summer when all the big gaming conferences and stuff drop. Get out in front of it because, because like I know E3 and stuff is canceled, but like EA's got a big conference coming up this year. I guarantee you Nintendo's going to do something. We're going to have the Sony and Xbox presentations about their new systems. Ubisoft has just announced a presentation that they're going to be doing. Like the summer is going to be full of gaming news. And I think that if you had waited and announced these Tony Hawk re-releases this summer, they might have got lost in the shuffle a little bit with all the excitement of the new systems and all the new games and stuff. Just drop it right now. They already have pre-orders up and available. Don't pre-order for the record. I just That's my stance. Just wait. It's, they'll be there. You'll be able to get a copy. I promise. Um, but I think it's fucking awesome. Like It's going to sell a lot of copies if they're good. I mean, I, I'm going to wait and see. I want to see how much they cost and I want to see the reviews, but they're saying that like the whole game is there plus a little bit of new extra stuff, just clean up with better graphics. And like, I fucking love those games and I know I'm not the only one. I guarantee you more people listening to this podcast grew up loving those games than didn't. We actually covered Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 back on episode 21. If you're newer to the show, go back and listen to that episode. It's just not on YouTube because we got flagged for using music. Um, but yeah, it's going to sell a lot of copies. I'm excited. It's a fucking cool announcement, man. Just came completely out of nowhere. And apparently they released it from Tony Hawk or like the Tony Hawk company or something like texting people. That's how it got announced. That's the craziest shit. I love it. I fucking, oh man. Like there's been so many bad skateboarding games since the glory years of Tony Hawk. And it's like, yes, fucking right. It's just go back to the ones that weren't broken and give them to us again. God, I wish they could do that with old wrestling games. Right, but the roster is so much bigger than this skateboarding game where you got to get like a dozen skateboarders to say yes. You can't, like, there's half the, like, it's sad, but a bunch of the wrestlers in those old games are passed away, and I don't know if you can even get their likenesses now, but, ah, oh, that'd be awesome. But I'm excited. And you know what? I've seen a couple people complaining, because it's the internet. They got to complain. I've seen a couple people complaining that there's too many remakes and too many re-releases now and not enough original games coming out, and, uh, and you're wrong if you feel like that you're wrong like listen there is a lot of remakes and stuff like that but look online there are so many games right now and it just and it's all the time every week there's another dozen 15 games between the big games the little games the medium games indie games re-releases vintage systems and vintage games on uh, just so many games you can log online with your xbox your playstation your switch your pc whatever and just fucking your phone and just buy thousands of games so what if they're re-releasing them and they make sense you guys good re-releases fucking sell they just do the crash bandicoot ones did the spiral ones did the crash team racing one soul gangbusters look at the two resident evil remakes i know those are more final fantasy 7 i know those are a little bit more in-depth remakes but they sold like crazy Link's awakening remakes sold like wild so why not take one of the most popular iconic and best-selling games of all time in tony hawk pro skater 2 and just clean it up make it look good and drop it and sell it all over again i think that makes complete sense i uh, i mean if the quality is there, I'd be tempted to pay full price to play those again because those games are so much fun. So I have no problem with re-releases. I fucking love it. I hope we get more of them. I hope we get some Mario re-releases soon as has been rumored forever. Just fucking keep them coming, man. Fuck yeah, let's go. People just want to play these old games. Uh, what are we at? We're at what? 12 minutes, 12 and a half plus music. Yeah, that's good enough. Let's do the, let's do my self-indulgent one of my playing segment and then we'll get into talking the Zelda games. Uh, what have I been playing over the last seven days? You probably haven't been asking yourself. 
Uh, I finished Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, KOTOR. Um, we'll have an episode coming up on it in a couple weeks because of one last month's Patreon poll. It's pretty rad. It was pretty rad. Um, to, uh, learning curve, but I'll get into that. It just wasn't, it took me a long time to figure out the mechanics and stuff, but I really enjoyed it. I'll probably play the sequel eventually because uh, I enjoyed it enough. Um, pretty rad game. So that's coming up. I also finished Halo 3 on the Master Chief Collection, the campaign. So fucking good, man. Like just... I've never, I don't think I finished Halo 4. I've never played Halo 5, but that original trilogy, Halo, Halo 2, and Halo 3, are just so, what a phenomenal trilogy, man. They are so much fun. And I'm telling you, if you've got an Xbox, fucking play those three games. Just play them. They're on the Master Chief Collection. They're everywhere. If you've got a PC, I think Halo 2 is out now, or it'll be coming out right away. And the original, the original Halo is kind of meh, but 2 and 3 are fucking sick. I would rank those campaigns 2, 3, 1. Um... Maybe Halo 2 will be making an appearance on the podcast in a few weeks. Hint, hint. Uh, so I finished that. Uh, I've been playing the Golf Club 2019 because it's free for a week on Xbox. And like, I'm not going to waste too much time talking about golf games on here because I know that it's got a loyal fan base and I'm one of them. But I also know most of you probably don't fucking care. But I love video golf more than any video game sport. And I am adoring Golf Club 2019. And the PGA 2K21 is coming out next. There's news coming out in like three days or something. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I've wanted a good golf game on my system since the old Tiger Woods. And this is it. And I fucking love it. So I've been playing that. And then finally, I started playing Final Fantasy 15. Um, it takes a lot of shit online. A lot of people seem to not like it, but I'm about four or five hours in and I'm digging it so far. I'm digging everything about it thus far. We'll see how it ends. But uh, I'm, I, I intend to play through it. It's on Game Pass. It's pretty good. I wanted to play it for quite a while. Uh, they announced that all the game, pretty well all the Final Fantasy games from 7 through to 15 are coming to Game Pass, with the exception of the online ones, uh, which I don't know what they're doing with. But like, I've only ever finished 4, 6, 7, and 9. I have 5 on my PlayStation Classic hack that I'll play eventually. Um, and 8, 10, 10, 2, 12, the 13s and 15 are all on or coming to Game Pass. And I want to try to play them all. I, I want to, I like Final Fantasy and I just never finish them. I got time now. I want to finish the Final Fantasies. So they're good games. 4, 6, 7, and 9 are all great. 10 I played most of and it was, yeah. We'll get into that when we eventually cover Final Fantasy X. Uh, good enough. That's enough rambling. Let's talk about Zelda, Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, and Oracle of Ages, episode 96 of the podcast. Like I mentioned 15 minutes ago, we decided to cover them both in one episode because they are just so attached to each other. If you don't know why, uh, well, we'll get into that in just a minute and explain why. Our resident Zelda nerd and former Hall of Famer Mark McHugh is here. He is excited. I'm excited. Hopefully you're excited. Let's talk about one of the most overlooked, frankly, Zelda games that there is. And they are. And that's a really sad thing. I'm going to cue some music. And we are going to talk about The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, and Oracle of Ages, which both released in North America way back on May 14th, 2001. Kick back, relax, wash your hands, and let's talk some Zelda, you guys. Here we go. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but 
Kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So joining me via satellite is former Hall of Famer uh, Martholomew McHugh the first. What's going on, buddy? How's quarantine? Oh, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Yeah, playing a lot of video games. It's pretty great, dude. It's, it's pretty great, actually. It's really I know that, like people dying isn't okay, but like I'm really liking the amount of games that we're like required to get in now. It's been like I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like when I like. Uh... <laughs> Like when life goes back to normal, which is obviously a great thing because everyone's healthy, but I'm like, what am I going to do when I don't have time to play like 12 hours of video games a day anymore? It's going to feel like the last day of summer, I think, when they're just like, all right, everyone back to work tomorrow. I'll be like, ah, I had all this stuff I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. You're probably right. Dude, I can't even tell you how many times I've gone on the road for comedy and been like, fuck, I'd love to just stay home this weekend and just hibernate and drink whiskey and play video games. And now it's like, hey, for the next three months... Just hibernate and drink whiskey and play video games. Hey, you know all those road trips you had planned? Yeah, those are gone. You're staying home. I'm yeah. like, all right. Yeah, could be worse. That said, I hope everybody, like, I mean, hopefully by the time you guys are hearing this, it's over. I don't think that's going to be the case, but hopefully it's over. If not, I hope everyone's staying safe and washing your hands. And clean your controllers. If you fucking share your controllers with kids, clean your controllers because those little Petri dishes fucking are yeah, disgusting. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm doing now that I've, like, never really paid that close attention to before in my life. Or like, yeah, like I don't like let my controllers get disgusting, but at the same time, now I'm like, okay, I really need to get into the edges of some of these controllers. Yeah. Well, I've like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because I don't share mine with any. Nobody else touches mine. My girlfriend won't touch them. But I take the switch into the bathroom occasionally. So now that one's got to be cleaned pretty right. I should have been cleaning it already, but I don't know. I'm a pig, so 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, speaking of video games that you could, there's our segue. Speaking of video games that you could play in the bathroom, that is a fucking that is a radio DJ quality segue. Uh, <laughs> you used to do that, right? That's a radio quality segue. That was pretty good. Coming up in seven minutes, a game you can play on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, is is yeah. I, all right, that's better than the joke I was gonna make. So I'll just shut up. Uh, we are talking the Legend of Zelda, the Legend of Zelda, the Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, and more than likely by default, Oracle of Ages. We we were talking about this right before we we came on the recording here. Originally, the it's, plan was Oracle of Seasons. Uh, it's really hard to talk about one without talking about the other. Yeah. So, and I don't know if there's a, I mean, there probably is enough meat on the bone for each of them to have their own episodes. But the simple bottom line is that as the host of the show, I haven't played Oracle of Ages and uh, I don't have a 3DS or a Game Boy or any real way to play it because Nintendo doesn't do that. Uh, although that said, I was thinking about this today and I, you and I might have talked about this during the Link's Awakening episode, but like, where the fuck is our remake of these? Like, I think this is what's coming next. Oh, that'd be like, so sick. Because I don't know, like, I don't know, like, these games, this is like the first Zelda, these were the first Zelda games that were actually not made by Nintendo. Okay, so. These were made by Capcom, good. but if you play them, they're just, they're basically just Link's Awakening graphics. Yeah, they, oh, dude, it looks exactly like Link's Awakening. And, like, listen, it does, and Link's Awakening, both the remake and the original version, uh, is the tits, um, it's so good. It's fucking, if you want to hear it, I think back in like the teen episodes, actually Mark and I talked about Link's Awakening, the original We've one. We've actually talked about it a few times because we did an episode about it. And then we did an episode, like an extra episode about the remake. Yes, we did. That's right. So yeah, go back yeah. and listen to those. Uh, this one looks just like that original one. Same engine, that weird BA mechanic where you fucking, you have to assign your sword to a, a button and then you can unequip it and stuff like that. The it's the bo- I would I would go as far as to say the cumbersome inventory management that they really just had no choice with when you only had two buttons to play with on the original Game Boy. Yeah, it was so. like it was annoying, but what were they supposed to do? Yeah, I don't know how else you could have got like with no triggers, no anything. I don't know how else you get around it. But I honestly, dude, until I did my homework uh, the, today for this podcast, I did not know that these games were made by Capcom. Uh, really. The, no, I did not. And the thing is, is like, I don't pay that much attention to the developers outside of like the big ones, obviously, like Nintendo and, and Naughty Dog and, and some of those like Square, like some of the really big games uh, developers. I don't really pay that much attention to who makes games, but I'm a Capcom guy. Like Mega Man is one of my favorite franchises of all time. The Resident Evil games are fucking rap. Like Capcom's got a pretty good rep. Like, Well, like after these games, these were pretty good games. But after this, they went on to make another Zelda game called The Minish Cap which is one of the better, like, one of the best handheld Zelda games. I never played that one. But Capcom made that too, really? Yeah. How in the yeah, fuck? Definitely, How in if the you f- have a way to play it, definitely do it. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's not on Switch yet. I'm sure it will be eventually. How the fuck eventually, yeah. does Capcom, who have all these big franchises of their own that they could be working on, how did they get Zelda? Like I, I like I would love to. I gotta have to do some homework into that. Like unless you know, like does Nintendo go to Capcom and they're like, hey, listen, we're busy. You guys have a decent track what record. Do you want to make these? Originally happened was Nintendo went to Capcom and they're like, we want you to remake the original Zelda game. We oh. want you to make remake Zelda one for the Game Boy Color. And then they started doing it, and then they they ran into some issues, and they're like, well, what if we made brand new games and what originally these games were supposed to be is this was supposed to be a trilogy of games 
that you could play in any order. Like, so you'd buy, and, like, but would you, like, okay, I guess it doesn't, it's hypothetical, but, like, would you have had to buy, like, you have to buy both these games separately. Like You do, yes. So, and that's, like, and, like, the lucky thing is they are pretty good self-contained games by themselves. Agreed. But when you play them together, then, like, like once you beat one, you get a code, and it's, like, oh, and then, like, plot stuff is changed in the next game, and you can play them in either order. Like, you don't have to play one and then the other. So but you, then, like plot stuff, and then like you get the fight. You get to fight Ganon if you beat both of the games. Oh, so then did you know what the plan was for the third one? Like, would it have been the like finale to these? Well, I don't know what the idea was. Like, I know that it was supposed to be called the Triforce Trilogy, and so if you look at Oracle of Ages, it's very much puzzle based. So that was supposed to be like the. So there, the thought there is that was supposed to be representing the Triforce of Wisdom. Oh. And if you look at Oracle of Seasons, there's, so it's very combat-based. Right. A lot of, like, there's still puzzles, there's still, but a lot of it, a lot of the dungeons are very focused on combat. Right. So it was going to be the Triforce of Power. So I don't know what the third one was supposed Fuck. to be. What a cool idea. I never knew that. That's a really cool idea. Like if it had been like a, yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. Cause like I never played ages, but yeah, seasons like, yeah. Like I, when I was reading reviews of ages and stuff and like preparation for this, uh, like you said, yeah, like ages was very puzzly as seasons was more classic hack and slash, like, like that combat style of Zelda. Um, yeah. Now, now if I'm not mistaken, ages did that, classic zelda thing where they had like a it was it what am i and correct me if i'm wrong uh was it like a light world and a dark world or like a past and a present or something like that it was like, a past and pre- it was like a past and present it was it, uh they used they used time travel as a mechanic but they used it more than it was in like ocarina like if you remember ocarina the only times you ever had to like go back to like the past and present were like the well and like the spirit temple right but in this one, there was a, like, you'd have to change, like, mid-dungeon. You'd have to, like, okay, now I have to go to the past because, like, this is flooded here, but in the past it wasn't. Oh, okay. So, like, because, like, Link to the Past kind of did that with the light world and the dark world. Would you yeah, say, but it, but... a lot of stuff like that. Okay. Oh, I fuck, I love that game. Uh, still the best Zelda game. I don't care. But, uh, okay, so it's like, so that's, it's like, God, every, it feels like every Zelda game does that, doesn't it? Like, it's just, hey, let's just kind of... I don't want to. I don't want to say artificially. I don't think that's doing it justice because they never do it cheaply. It's always creative and it's always kind of intuitive. But like, they kind of double their game size just by adding a second world. Whether you're traveling from the future to the past or whether you're traveling dark world to light world, like so many Zelda games do that. Like not all of them, but so many of them do. Uh, a lot of them do, or a lot of them. Like if you think about like Twilight Princess had like a version of the world that was distorted and then you would get rid of it and then it would be all good again. Right. And like, I think like they say it was still the same world. It just altered separately. Okay. And then Oracle seeing that what's crazy about that to me is like, cause again, I ever played ages, but like seasons, they have four worlds, um, which I thought like, I really, so I got it for free on my 3ds. I don't remember how it was like a birthday gift or something from Nintendo. And it was like, this is like a $4 game. But I got it for free on my 3DS and was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. That's fine. And I fell in love with it. I thought it was so good. And like, I loved the four season mechanic. Like, and I've played lots yeah, of Zelda games. Very, 
What's yeah, that? these are really like these are not like they're not like top ten of all time Zelda games, but they're like really solid games. Yeah, they are. They're really like. I mean, I think I think there's obviously going to be a fan of every entry in every franchise, uh, except. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not gonna because like if I go Mario 64, I'm just gonna get more fucking. I get so much hate mail from people about Mario 64, so I'm not gonna shit really? on that game again. Yeah, well, because I make fun of it, everyone's like, "You shut up, that game's part of my childhood," and I'm just like, "Well, you should have gone outside because that game sucked." But anyway, uh, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> here they come. I'm gonna get a bunch of angry tweets now and emails and shit like that. But anyway, uh, what, what was I gonna say? Is uh, oh yeah, I think most people would agree that Link's Awakening. Was like when people think of Game Boy Zelda, you think of Link's Awakening. Like that is the definitive. Um, and like for my money, Link's Awakening is still a top five Zelda game. Like I fucking really like that game a lot. But like, dude, I'm telling you right now. Like I, I my playthrough of Oracle of Seasons, I was like, this is literally a fraction less better. <laughs> oh, that's the worst English. A fraction, think- a fraction less quality than uh, Link's Awakening. I know what you mean. Yeah, like I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought that Four Seasons mechanic was going to be a pain in the ass. Uh, but it was really rad. And the way they tie all Four Seasons in, and you can go to screens and it like from winter to summer to spring to fall, the screens change. It is, it's that light world, dark world thing, but four times over. And they found a way to make each of the Four Seasons look different with like minimal color on the Game Boy Color and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because this was made for, I think this was made for the Game Boy Color, yeah? Yeah, I'm 90%. I, I only played it on my 3DS, but I want to, I have to assume this was a Game Boy Color game. Yeah. Uh, But it was really, like, in two, like it wasn't just a cheap, hacky mechanic to get you through. Like, it was really good. Like, Capcom fucking, <laughs> like, Capcom made a Nintendo game that is that is practically as good as a Nintendo game. Like well, like you look at like Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening was the very first, uh, very first Zelda handheld, yeah. and like when that came out, people were astounded that like was, you remember the Game Boy was made for Tetris. Yeah, it was made to play games like that. So yeah. when something like Zelda, like a Zelda game, came out on the Game Boy, people were like, "What the fuck? Yeah. You can do this?" So Capcom for these games really took that core concept. And expanded it a little bit, especially with like the trans, like the codes transferring over. Yeah, but like, well, you know what though, like, and this certainly isn't any disrespect to Capcom because they did a fucking good job on these games. But like, I never thought of that. They didn't develop that engine. Like Nintendo and the powers that be made like that engine was already waiting for them, and so that does take, like, that does take a lot of the pressure off of them. Like, I'm sitting here saying that Capcom made a Nintendo game as well as Nintendo could do it. But Nintendo did kind of hand them the the not necessarily even the blueprint, but like the tools, and they were just yeah, like here, just like this is how we did this. Yeah, here's pe- the engine that this runs on. Yeah, like people already know how to play these because everyone's played Link's Awakening. They know the graphics, like the graphic people like the way the graphic. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah, like that gave Capcom a lot more time to just kind of work on their ideas and and flush out their games. But still, like that's that's taking a little bit away. But still, like they made two great Zelda games, and everyone knows Zelda is like. Obviously, well, I know three. They made three great Zelda correct, games. Correct. Because after this, they made their own one. That's right. Because like Zelda is like one of the most revered franchises of all time. I know it's your go-to, 
Um, I think it's probably the most revered, if, unless you're talking Mario. Yeah, probably. And you know what? I know there's a lot of people that put Zelda ahead of Mario. Like, I'm not one of them, but I know a lot of people do. Like, Zelda has just an absolute iconic franchise. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly... I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. And it seems insane today that Nintendo would go and give that. And I know they kind of have like people like that Hyrule Warriors game was made and the, the cadence of Hyrule or whatever it was called, that crypto, that but dancing one. Capcom is the, but there's not been another company that's made a mainline Zelda game except for Capcom. No, and like, and that's crazy to me because like these are good games and that makes me wonder like, I mean, Mar- Nintendo gave Mario to Ubisoft and let them make Mario Rabbids. And that's a really good game. Uh, it's really fun. And like, it makes me wonder, like, as they get busier and they've got this switch that they got to keep churning out these games for, like, I wonder if they start giving out a little bit, like, give out a little more of their IP. Like, gave Donkey Kong to Rare and look what they did with the Donkey Kong Country games. They gave Zelda to Capcom well, like, and they, they had these. But then they did give, who did they give Donkey Kong to next? to do uh tropical freeze i don't remember fucking who it is i think the same company that did uh i think they did donkey kong country returns as well i think i but i'm trying to remember what they're called yeah they like yeah they did and they made an incredible game yeah those games are fucking awesome and like nintendo's got this ip that is just second to none in video games and like stuff like this just makes me wonder why don't like i mean i get that like I don't think one bad Mario game would sink Mario because they already did one with Mario 64. And I don't think that one bad Zelda (laughs) game... (laughs) And I don't think that one bad Zelda game sinks the franchise because they've done that too. Like... But, like, it just surprises me. No, I like Skyward Sword, but, like, there's problems with that one. Yeah, it just surprises me that they don't give it out more. So, I guess we, like, okay, so to get back to Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, because I know that's what you people came here to to listen to, it, like, as soon as I fired up Oracle of Seasons, again, for the first time, uh, I, I felt at home because I know Link's Awakening so well. Uh, I love the graphic style of these games. Like I, I just like the sprites. I think they they found a way that like the characters are all just the right size where they don't take up too. Because that's one of the problems with Game Boy games. Some people make their games where like the, the, I feel like the sprites are too big and they take up too much screen, or they're too small, and it's hard to tell what's going on. And I feel like the graphical style of these games is immaculate. Like I just you can tell what everything is. There's never any confusion. 
these games, like I assume ages looks as good as seasons. They're, they're the same. They have to have been, they have to look almost exactly the same, right? They're, they're, yeah, they're the exact same engine. Right. So then, and then like you said, so like, okay, so dude, I can't even, I can barely remember this story, but I know in Oracle of Seasons, you meet this, like you meet this girl who's the Oracle of Seasons and then she gets kidnapped by a tornado. It's like a guy. And then you have Onyx. to, yeah, that's it. Onyx. And then you've got to go visit a tree. And then the tree tells you, you have to go get eight somethings. What are they? Do you remember? I don't remember what, I don't remember what the MacGuffins were in this one, but I also know that the tree's in the other one as well. And is a more is. involved character. Of course he is. God damn fucking the classic. <laughs> like it is just like, again, like Capcom deserves a bunch of credit, but it's like, Oh yeah, we have a light world and a dark world or four seasons. And oh yeah, well you have to go collect eight things, uh, like you know what I mean? Like just like there's a talking tree, and he's gonna tell you to go collect eight somethings, and then those eight somethings will unlock. You know what I mean? Like just classic. It's the classic formula. Uh, but if it's not broken, don't fix it. Who cares? Um, yeah, like that's and like pretty much every Zelda game has been a MacGuffin quest. Yeah. So now, okay. So like, cause I know like in like in the one that I played, like you go and get the eight things. And then eventually you can get into Onyx's castle. You go in, you fight Onyx, and then you rescue you rescue the uh, the Oracle of Seasons. And I assume yeah. that Oracle of Ages is similar. Do you have to go get eight things and then go rescue the Oracle again? And if you beat one and then the other, then you get to fight Twin Rova, and then you fight Ganon. Okay, so that's what I wanted to ask. So like, how are they? Like, are they tied in? Because like, to both oracles they are tied and- in. It's- like, it do, turns out that all of this, everything that's happened on both islands, was the uh, was the work of Twin Rova, who's trying to resurrect Ganon. Oh, so and they so, so they, they tie Ganon in then, yeah. Yes, so they kidnap Princess Zelda, and and then like they try to take her life force, but you interrupt them, so you end up fighting a Ganon that's not fully revived. You fight like just a mindless like angry like not fully like alive yet ganon okay so and so then and then that's the end so then like because i'm trying to remember but like when you played just one because yeah i do remember beating seasons and then it gave me the code to go punch in to play oracle like when i go to play oracle of ages they're like put in this password and then you get like the save continue or whatever uh yeah and, and then it, there's like a there's like a woman you come across and you name her baby and then you run into like that same kid in like the next game, but like he's now a bit older. Okay, but like they don't actually mention Ganon really in just one game, do they? Like when I played Oracle of Seasons, I didn't think I thought it was like Link's Awakening where it really didn't have a lot to do with Ganon. I'm thinking I thought I just had to save this girl from Onyx. I think that whatever the second game you play is, then like they kind of start hinting towards that throughout then, that game. Then you find out that it's Ganon and everything again. So that's really yeah. cool. fuck. What a cool idea, hey? Like, I mean, obviously it's a, it's like there it's <laughs> it's a little bit of a money grab. Like it's like we just talked about a Pokemon game on our previous episode. You and I just recorded, and like how Pokemon always releases two games with every generation, and it's like, hey, if you want them all, you got to buy both, and like. I but like it the same a bit of a money grab, but I would feel more cheated if they were the same game. I was just gonna say that like you like the worlds aren't even the same, right? Like you said, it's two different islands altogether. Yeah. So like, if you're basic, it's basically two games. So you get two Zelda games, and if you play through both, then you get a little extra bonus thing where they go together. 
It's like that's not exactly. ne- that's not nearly as big a ripoff as it sounds when you first say like, oh hey, we released two games, and you're like, you gotta buy two games. You don't have to. I only ever played Oracle of Seasons and walked away very happy. Like I have good memories of playing that game. Yeah, but the, like they're all fine, self-contained games. Right. They're just a little bit better when you play both. Yeah, that's fucking what a cool idea. Like it's. I wonder, <laughs> like I wonder if when they were developing it, if like the two like lead directors at Capcom, one of them was like, I want to do something where he goes from the past to the future. And the other one's like, no, that's been done. Let's make it all four seasons. And they were like, and then they were just like, all right, we'll take a vote. And like, if you, if you agree with me, you come to this side of the room. And if you agree with him, you go to that side of the room. And then at the end of the vote started the Capcom civil war. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the vote, they had like two development teams standing on opposite ends of the boardroom table. And they're like, fine, fine. And they stormed off and made both games. And then the one boss was like, okay, listen, we got to sell both of these because I've paid you all to make two games. I didn't realize you dumbasses weren't working together. So let's just package these fucking things. Like, I'm sure that's not how it happened. But like, it's just interesting to me that they, that they would make them so different like that. But at the same time, like the same. What a fucking cool idea. How do they not remake these? How have these not been remade yet? I don't know. I imagine it's going to happen, and I imagine it's the next thing that, like, is going to be released. That said, how pissed would you be if they did this with, like, another game now? Like, if they came out with, like, another, like, like, if they came out with two brand new Zelda games like this, and they're like, hey, you have to buy both, and I'm like, I have to spend 150 bucks on two games on the same day. Like, most of us, like, are like, we kind of like our games spaced out a little bit. But these games were both released same day well fire emblem did that with the the one the whatever the 3ds games were after fire emblem awakening because i because that was the first fire emblem game i played and i loved it like a lot that was the first tactical rpg i ever played and i got like such a hard-on for that genre after that and then then they released i can't remember the name of it now and it's, it's fucking right on the tip of my tongue it's driving me crazy but they released like three fucking full-priced games on the 3ds and like, and I know they sold well, but people were like, "What the fuck? Like, how? Did, like, yeah, I don't, I can't imagine how that would work today. Like, imagine if Breath of the Wild two was like three games or fucking two games, and you had to choose. Like, and like, or imagine that they released every version of the Final Fantasy remake, like every piece of it all together, but they were all eighty dollar games. Oh yeah, well I guess they are fucking doing that kinda. Other than they're not doing it they together. They are, but they're not. At least they're, but they're spinning it out. <laughs> but, like, but is it not even more fucked up that they're spreading it out and we're like, oh well, that's okay. Like as long as I don't have to, you know what I mean? It, like it, like even that irritates me because it's clearly like I don't give a like. This is not. We're not talking Final Fantasy VII. We're talking Legend of Zelda. But you cannot convince me that that game is so big that they like maybe maybe I'll play it and then there'll be so much meat on the bone that I'll be like, oh, okay. But like, fuck off that Final Fantasy VII is too big to put in one game. Kiss my ass. So I'm like, really thinking that it's going to be like The Hobbit, where like you remember when you went and saw The Hobbit, and you're like. This isn't a movie. Like, especially that last Hobbit movie was like, this is the end of a movie that they've stretched out for two hours and made me pay another 12 bucks to see. Fuck this. Yeah, and like, you're right. I feel like Final Fantasy is going to be a lot like that. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I'm going to buy it. I'm I'm a bitch. Like, like, I'm an idiot. I'll buy it, but... That first game, it's just the first section of the game that they've stretched into its own game. Yeah. I don't... 
the thing I'm most interested in in the reviews for that is how long this game is. Like, I want to know if it's a 30 or 40. If it's a 30 or 40 hour game and it's not all just fluff, then I'm like, okay. Like, I'm totally down with more backstory. I found the story to Final Fantasy VII confusing. Like, if they could put more that's meat on there, that's fine. demo is pretty sick. Yeah, so... Uh, so, so we get back to Legend of Zelda. Uh, <laughs> if they did remake these games and re-release them, because again, now the engine is there, much like they used that engine from Link's Awakening to make Le- Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, the remake, and I fucking love the Link's Awakening remake. Like, I love it. I It looks so gorgeous. I love the way it played. I, I, if they, if Nintendo came out tomorrow and was like, I don't now, I would not buy two copies. If they release them both, it, well, they no. would have to be released on the same cart. Yeah, if you release one cart, even if it was like, because I, I, I'm, a, I'm one of those digital people, so I'm fine with it. But even if they released it, whereas like you could buy one and then the other one is a download. Or, I know some people get mad at that stuff, but like, I'm not paying eighty dollars for Oracle of Ages and eighty dollars for Oracle of Seasons. Um, no, which is absolutely funny. Not. Although that said, I paid eighty dollars for Link's Awakening, so yeah. I don't see why I have an issue with that. But like. You know what though? Because I was—I literally was just gonna say that I was like, yeah. I mean, I just paid full price for one Game Boy game originally, but but the it's thing is, is like the games are like connected, and I'm like, this needs to be released as a pack. That's it. Like I would expect them as a pack, and like, yeah, you probably like. If you had to bet, would you bet that they're coming in the next couple of years? Do you think it happens? Do you think that those two I games think, have a big enough following? Uh I think that. I think it's I think it's been discussed at the very least. I think that like there's been like some preliminary work on it. Yeah, I think I don't know if like I don't know if it's like coming anytime soon. Yeah, it might be like <laughs> Can looking you... at what they have coming over the next little bit. Uh, if like the the leaks are to be believed, this year is going to be all about Paper Mario. This year is going to be all about Mario. Fucking right, but it's and also then, his birthday. Like, Yes, and then my guess is next year is going to be all about Zelda. Yeah, it could be. Because, dude, I'll t- listen, like, I, fuck, Mark, imagine, because Nintendo's not doing E3 now, right? E3 shut down. But let's say Nintendo comes out with a big presentation where they announce all these Mario games, and like, oh, yeah, we also have some information about our other franchises. And then anything, Legend of Zelda shows up, and it's not Breath of the Wild 2, you are going to have riots in the streets. People are going to be like, well, no, you're People not. Cause no one's al- their house for the first time. Yeah. yeah. I was just, right. just going to say, you're not going to have riots in the streets because no one's allowed to go in the streets, but you'll have people yelling from their windows. Like, no, like it, like you've got to get breath of the wild out. Uh, breath of the wild two out before you worry about remastering Oracle ages or Oracle of seasons. Um, Unless they come out and say, like, hey, we gave to Capcom. Cause I think Capcom's came out and teased. They're working on like five new games or something. And they haven't said what they are. I want to say it's Capcom. Some developers recently said that they're working on a bunch of games and no one knows what all of them are. And that'd be pretty a fucking crazy cool surprise if they were just like, yeah, by the way, like Nintendo is working on Breath of the Wild too. Uh, but Capcom, who made the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, is re-releasing Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. That'd be fucking so cool. And I would buy those two remade in the Link's Awakening graphics in a dual package for a full price in a heartbeat. Yeah, instantly. Yeah, right. That would be like, especially like if they had a way to like, like, obviously, that you wouldn't have to, they'd probably do away with, like, the password system. It would probably be, like, there'd be a way to connect the games within the game. Yeah, you just jump in, like, you could probably just continue your save file and, like, pick the other game. Yeah. Um, I know that maybe we didn't go super in-depth into the games themselves, but, I mean, like, I don't know what else you guys want us to say. Like, there's Zelda games, you fucking have to... They're pretty good. There's yeah, they're dungeon, good games, there's, there's puzzle solving, you gotta collect eight things and then save a girl. 
It's, <laughs> like really, that's like it's it's the formula, right? Like it, it's just one of them. It you jump from season to season, which I fucking like that. That I love that season mechanic, dude. Like it's like you you fucking go into an area where you make it winter because you get the wand of seasons, I think it's called. And then if you go into an area and make it winter, all the water's frozen. You make it summer, and the water is like you can swim in the water, and then you make it like fall and you can climb up trees that have grown or whatever like it's really i think that's a really it's not just a gimmick like it's a very clever way to basically quadruple the size of your map um and then likewise with ages it's a way to double the size of your map yeah so i fucking love it i i really i want to play ages now fucking put them oh, on definitely do it put them on fucking uh do you think it's more likely we get game boy slash game boy advance games on the switch or we get nintendo 64 Next, I think we're getting. I think we're getting Game Boy Advance games next. I think so too. Which would be fucking maybe rad. Game Boy. Wow, maybe dude. Game Boy. Do you remember when they announced Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow for the Virtual Console on the 3DS? People lost their fucking minds. Like, can you imagine that on the Switch? No, that'd be so rad if they gave us like the gold, silver, crystal. Like, I had so many people asking me to review those on this podcast, but I never fucking played them, and they're not available anywhere now for me to play them. So, come on, Nintendo, fucking. Fuck around. You've got all these valuable games. Just fucking give them to us. Uh, anyway. Um, Let us give you more money, please. Yeah, yeah, I'll absolutely give you more money. Fuck yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm trying to think of a way to score these. You have to collect eight things in a Zelda game. So on a scale of one to eight, what would you give Oracle of Seasons? And then by default, it's Tag Team Partner Oracle of Ages. I give the game seven. Yeah. They're good games. They're pretty standard. They're... I really like the gimmick of like the connectivity, but like they're still like, again, they're not like my favorite Zelda games by any stretch, but they're good. Yeah, they are good. It's I mean, particularly from an era where portability was more of a gimmick than it is now. Like it's now yeah. it's just the norm, but like back then to be able to have a game this quality and this good on a portable console was fucking sick. Like just mind boggling. That's why Link's Awakening is so loved, right? Because of that. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. I, yeah, I'd probably go like a, I'll go six just to be different, but it'd be like a six and a half somewhere in there. Those are good games. Uh, I'm, yep. ta- I'm talked out, pal. I was, we've been on the phone together for an hour and a half just fucking talking video games. Oh my god, yeah, this is more than you and I have ever talked in real life. I think so. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for doing this, buddy. That was good. And uh, hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, you're outside somewhere. Probably not. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark McHugh, thank you so much for coming. No, I didn't come by. You called me. Thank you so much for calling and talking Legend of Zelda with me. I really appreciate it. And to every single one of you, ladies and gentlemen and kids and whatevers that are listening to the podcast, thank you so much for listening to our show. I really, really appreciate it. If you uh, are enjoying it, please consider patreon.com slash member the game. It's only two bucks. You get extra podcasts and a bunch of stuff. And tune in next week. I will be revealing details on how we are going to be giving away a Nintendo Switch Lite to one of our listeners. You don't have to pay to win. It is going to be open to everybody. I'm really excited to be able to do it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at member the game. We'll follow you back if you don't look like a complete spam account. And with all that said, I will talk to you again on Sunday when I break down GameStop, EB Games, and what I think they could do to 
try to not completely sink right away. And I'll be back on Wednesday with episode 97 of Remember the Game. Take it easy, you guys. Wash your hands, clean your controllers, look out for big hornets, and I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. 